0: If you haven't seen me for a while, again, my name's Rich, and, and I am one of the pastors here. So, uh, but we're going to go ahead and pray, and then we'll just jump into this final uh, final wrap-up session here. So if you guys would, let's just bow our heads and ask God to, to bless us here one more time. Oh, Father, we do just thank you for this morning. We thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you that you have been teaching us over the last six weeks, that you have things that um, you've prepared for us to walk in. You have a calling for our lives. And, and God, I just pray you'd help each one of us to, to uh, live out the calling you have for us. Help us to live for your glory and not for ours. And we just ask that you would bless this, uh, the message this morning, bless a few little uh, announcements and infomercials and things like that. We just commit it to you and, and ask you to bless um, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, um... Uh... Again, if you're new with us, we have been doing a series here, um, a seven-week series called What on Earth Am I Here For? It's been all about a- answering that question, basically. We have been using uh, a book you might have heard of called What on What on Earth Am I Here For? It's the, the repackaged version of the purpose-driven life that was put out uh, probably 10 years ago. And so uh, it's been repackaged, reformatted a little bit. But we've, we've been using this book as a, a you know, just a... A point of reference that has, a, as I was reading one of the chapters here recently, has over a thousand verses that are in this book, and yet this book is on a, the New York Times bestseller hardback nonfiction something or another. It's a, you know there's no other book like it that has a thousand verses in it yet would be considered a, a top seller uh, worldwide. You know, so it's pretty awesome. Let's, you know, just in case you've wondered if we've gone off the deep end at the firehouse or not, this is really this is really the book we're all about, still the Bible here. There's no, you know, um, I want I chuckled a little bit last week when uh, Brad Albert was sharing on our mission. uh, because Brad, as he was talking a few times, just to be relatable, Brad, are you in here somewhere? Uh good. I can pick on you there. I'll pick on you one way or another. I picked on you last night too, but I enjoyed how Brad last time he shared, just he, he called this the book a few times. You know, in the book and in the book, and I'm I'm like oh, yeah, it's it's come to that, hasn't? We call it the book, but uh, Brad is just, just was sharing that because uh, he, he's more about uh, this book than most people are. But but it was fun to hear him call it the book. A Few times as he was teaching, he actually referred to uh, the author as Rick. You know, it's like they're on a first name basis. You know, and then you know Rick said this and Rick said that, and so I thought, well, that's he's getting pretty comfortable with with the book, you know. And so uh, I had one guy ask me at one point. Uh, he, he hadn't been around for a while, and he said like, is that, uh, it's written by Rick, uh, wasn't that the guy that helped plant the church here, Rick Whitney, and I said, you know, that's a different Rick, he he did not write the book, so, um, but anyways... um, We've been having fun. Uh, we're going to do a couple of things here this morning, a quick review of where we've been, and then we're going to do some uh, summary questions just to kind of help, help us uh, bring home some action steps, and then we're going to just do a little uh, kind of pitch at the end, just a Thanksgiving sort of pitch. But, um, you know, I do appreciate Rick Warren and how God has given him a lot of wisdom to, to take things from the Bible and translate them into, into ways that uh, people like me can understand a little easier. He has an knack for rhyme. I don't know if it's the gift of rhyme. If you notice about everything he does happens to rhyme or it all starts with the same first letter. You know I think our points today all have the letter C in them so uh, that is not by my design but um, he's he's really got a knack for that and that's not something that I have a knack for if you know me at all. I prefer to dabble in haikus um, (laughs) because uh, haikus they don't have to rhyme you know. I I think of them as uh, poetry for engineers you know it's a little more about counting, you know, the syllables and things like that. But I did think for fun this morning, I... I... I wrote a few lines down for um, maybe just just for fun sometimes I can uh, I can take myself a little too seriously and when I do that I get a little stressed out and things like that but I thought for for fun we might share a few lines I don't know if you call this rhyme someone told me it sounded more like rapping um, something along that lines but uh, I'll just bounce this off you see what you think here if you're new with us again you know hey bear with us this doesn't happen too often and like I say, I usually stick more to haikus. So, um, But let me give you a little something here. All right.
1: All
0: right. Okay. Bear with me. I'm not like Rick Warren because he really can rhyme. Reading this book, I see it all the time. I come up with lines that I think are legit, but then people, like my wife, keep telling me to quit. Well, you know where I'm headed, you can see where I'm going, but when I get started, I rhyme without knowing. I'm not a real rapper like you see on TV, but thank you for your laughter, thanks for humoring me. Uh, I'm keeping the day job here, so just in case you're wondering. So, uh, but, uh, honey, thanks for bearing with me there. That one's for you. All right. Okay. Anyways, back to the review here. What on earth am I here for? Um, We. uh, do have a serious side as well. I sometimes like to lighten it up. But we're going to just do a quick run through. Um, you have a handout here, hopefully, that has, uh, has these points on it here. And again, I just love how as we go through them, watch for, watch for the rhyme, man. I, I don't know how God has given this guy a way to take spiritual truth and, and rhyme it as well. But first one, uh, we're going to look at just as we review here. Let's see, where do I point this thing? Which number do I... Oh, there we go. Excellent. You know, I kicked things off again a number of weeks ago just talking about our calling, that that you matter to God. As a matter of fact, God had a plan for your life, even more specific than a plan. He had a, a calling, an assignment for you before you were even born. He gave you uh, an assignment while He was knitting you together in your mother's womb, He had a plan for you. Before you even touched down on the planet, took your first breath, He had something He wanted from your life, a calling for you. And so then we spent the the next five weeks after that looking at five different facets of that calling, of our purpose. And so um, the first one we talked about here, I think it was uh, Greg Miller kicked off this one, and we, we talked about worship. And we'll put it like this. Because I was planned for God's pleasure, I am called to be loved. We talked about how God planned each one of us for His pleasure. He created us because it pleased Him to allow us to have a relationship and experience Him and His love. And, and we are called to be loved. And, and we'll talk about, we'll get some wrap-up questions on that here when we get to it. But uh, the next one we have here is, um, you were formed for God's family. I need someone to give me a little... Beatbox background here. Where's Rob Bradley? He could do some of that stuff, probably. Um, you were formed for God's family. You were called to belong, and we talked about fellowship. And uh, I think Jeff Weeman talked about that, about being committed, being a part of the body. Talked a little about small groups. Um, the next one we, we talked about was uh, discipleship. And uh, Tim Kavanaugh spoke on you were created to become like Christ. You're you're called to become. Like Christ. And he, he talked about and in some ways we tend to become like those things that we worship. And he had some fun things he talked about. I remember the Saturday Night Crew, you guys, if you didn't catch that, he, he had this piece of wood that he showed us that it was kind of, it belonged to a wine a barrel or something like that. And he said uh, it was a bong, right? Uh, he said, Here, Here's a bong. And so um, he corrected himself Sunday morning and said, That was not a bong, it was a bung. I think a bung for a casket, something like that. But he talked about people taking things like wood and whittling objects out. Out of it that become their their worship. He had a wood duck that he showed us, and I think uh, my wife took notes, and we, we wrote on our little chalkboard at home that said something like, you know, um, God is not a duck, or something. Don't reduce God to a duck, is what Tim talked about. You reduce things uh, to what, what you worship is kind of what you reduce God down into, and, and God is much bigger than some sort of man-made thing we, we carve out. Um, we also have, the next one was... You were shaped to serve God. We talked about ministry and serving are kind of synonymous, and and you were called to bless because you were shaped to serve God. You have been called to bless others, and I hope you know that in in ways more than you you did before. We've gone through this here. The last part we looked at, Brad uh, again talked about um, talked about evangelism. You were made for a mission. You're called to. To be sent is the B word there. All those are B's. To, um, again, to be loved, to belong, to become, to bless, and to be sent. So, um, but those, that's a quick overview. And we're going to, let's see what the next one we have here. One of the things I've thought about here is that, so we've looked at over a thousand verses. Every time I did a reading here, um, one of these chapters, uh, boy, you know, I just came away with so many thoughts from just one chapter, things that I could apply, things that I wasn't doing, things that I needed to improve on, and uh, I don't know about you, how many of you are, are just about finished with the book, like two, three days left, can I get your hands up, yeah, okay, one of you, all right, way to go, honey, um, you know uh <laughs> She's good. She's she's a natural reader. Um, but you know, if you've gotten behind in the book, the book, I encourage you to keep reading, catch up, finish it off. It's really it it's a really good book. It finishes well here. Um, and if you you know if you haven't, appreciate that you've still been going to small group and just smiling at the small group leaders, like you know what's happening. Um, the videos are helpful too. But I, I just encourage you to finish strong if you can. If you don't, you know, life goes on. There's just a lot of good material in there. But one of the things I've been wrestling with if there's so much. What do I take away from it? If you're like me, I can just get overwhelmed. I'm just like, uh, there's so many things to do. I don't even know where to start, and and so I'm not going to start. What time's the Broncos game at? You know, um, it's it, it can be um, a little overwhelming. But we're going to look at some questions here. Jesus spent. Three years training his disciples, filling them with knowledge and helping them learn some things about God's economy and spiritual reality and all of that. But at the end of three years, uh, in his final hours, he sat his disciples down he told them this, Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed when you, if you do them. And we need to realize that uh, Christianity, the Christian faith, is not about what you know. It's, it's more about what you do. As a matter of fact, there's a danger the older you, you get as a Christian that you can know much more than you do. The blessing is in the doing, not in the knowing. This, a lot of other things in academia and the universities and stuff like that, you can know, 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 and they give you greater honors and greater degrees. But when it comes to Christianity, the blessing comes in what you do, not what you know. And so we're going to try to come away with some things that we can do in each one of these areas here. The first area, uh, we have five, five questions, five areas we're going to look at here. Again, it kind of summarizes the, the five callings that we talked about. Um, the first one, and this is a blank for you here, but the question is, what will be the center of my life? Ask yourself, what will be the center of my life? Uh, One of the verses here says, um, instead of worrying, pray. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. You know, really, uh, what's at the center of the life is really, uh, what's at the center of your life is really what you worship. And uh, sometimes you go, okay, well, what is at the center of my life? How do I know that? Well, a way to kind of tell what's at the center of your life is what do you think about the most? Where your thoughts tend to go the most is really what's at the center of your life. Now we can all take a test and go, yeah, God's at the center of my life, Jesus is at the center of my life. But where do your thoughts go to the most? Because that is really what you worship the most. Is it money? Is it relationships? Is it yourself? Is it music? Is it entertainment? Whatever you tend to think about the most is really what you tend to worship and we want to make sure that is, that is Christ at the center of our lives and that we're worshiping Him. You know, this, Jesus when asked uh, the greatest commandment, he, he summed it all up by saying love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. But um, really Worship is loving God, it's responding to God's love with all your heart and uh, Greg Miller talked in that teaching just about a lot of different ways that we can respond to God's love when you really understand that he loves you as a father and he accepts you there's things that you can boldly bring your needs to God and ask your father to meet your needs you can take risks if you know your Father's going to be there for you and catch you in case you fall you can step out in faith in ways that you might not otherwise step out but it all comes from having Christ at the center living a life of worship here and so um, You know, we've got to ask yourself, we've got to ask ourselves, what's at the center of your life? Are you living a self-centered life? or God-centered. Often, if you have anything at the center of your life besides God, we can tend towards worry. If, if what's at the center can be taken away from you, can hurt you, can do things like that, it leads to all sorts of different ramifications. But when you have Christ at the center, He says, I will never leave you, never will I forsake you. Uh, you can have a peace there. You can worship God truly when He's at the center. And, and really, um, as we transition from this point, I just think about um, have you ever invited Christ into your life? You know, that's a, the way to get Him at the center is, is to invite Him in. I know there's a, uh, a verse that was shared along the way here, but it's, it's uh, John 1.12 that just says, um, but, but to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. You know, the way you become a child of God, the way you get Christ at the center, it's two-part, according to this verse, that you, you need to believe. You need to believe in Him, that Jesus really did die on the cross for your sins. And then you need to receive Him. Receive Him by inviting Him into the center of your life, inviting Him into your heart. And if you've not done that, you know, really everything else that we talk about in this series, it's kind of, that's the foundation. And if you haven't invited Christ into your heart, you, you need to do that as soon as possible and maybe you're ready maybe you're at a place where I was years ago when I, I showed up on a Sunday morning God had been working on me He would gotten my attention and I heard one final teaching that was the straw that broke this camel's back and, and I went home and I broke down and I just prayed a simple prayer you know just telling God that I knew I had been self-righteous and, and I had sinned against Him and I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I invited Him into my heart as my Lord and Savior and, and, and that's when Uh, I look back in my life and and how things began to change and where I'm headed and, and everything changed when I did that. And if you haven't, I encourage you, invite Jesus into the center of your life as your Lord and Savior. A simple way to do that, maybe a simple prayer, if you really believe He died for your sins, you might just simply tell Him thank you. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Help me live for your glory. And I encourage you to get... Right with God through His Son here today, if you haven't. But uh, the next thing we talk about here is, is fellowship. Um, let's go back up to that fellowship one. Um, you know, fellowship is the, the question is, what will be the community of my life? What is the community of your life? Who are the people that you are committed to? Who, who do you identify with? Who are you giving your, your life to, your time to, your, your heart to? Who is your community? Here's a great verse here that we um, reviewed through this series. Here is um, this Galatians six ten, but it says, "Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. God has called us to do good to all people, especially, especially who." those who belong to the family of believers. Fellowship is about laying your life down for your brothers and sisters in Christ that have been bought and paid for. It's about laying your life down for your family. And, and that's what fellowship is all about, you know. And um, This verse here is 1 John 3.16, probably less, less famous compared to just John 3.16. But um, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers, for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, so we're going to do a little pitch here. Uh, I remember Jeff talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but one of the identifying marks of a Christian who is in the family of Christ is one who has been baptized. Baptized, you know, coming to faith is a, a personal and a private thing, but baptism is kind of when you go public about what's gone on privately in your heart. And it's a way to identify. I just remember in my own story when I became a Christian, I just wanted to tell people, you know, uh, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'd called myself a Christian for years, but I don't think Jesus would have called me one of His with the life that I was living. I was being Lord of my own life, but eventually I was just so uh, excited to go public on my own choice to tell people Uh, He is my Lord and Savior and get baptized and it was great. But Have you been baptized as a believer? The pattern in the New Testament is always to believe and then to be baptized. I know for myself I was baptized as an infant not yet speaking, not yet walking or talking. Um, and, and I kind of wrestled with, well, you know, my parents are going to get offended if I get baptized on my own volition. Um, and, and I talked to them about it, and they, they thought it was great, you know. And, and they kind of, they really kind of dedicated me as a baby. It wasn't, a, they didn't dunk me, they sprinkled me and things like that. But it was their way of saying, I want to raise my child, uh, you know, in, in the ways of the Lord. And, and not, it wasn't me saying, you know, I'm following Jesus, you know. So, uh, but if you haven't been baptized next week, we're doing baptisms. And we're doing baby dedications. We have a bunch of babies already signed up for that. And really the baby dedication is um, is more more like a parent dedication. We're going to dedicate these parents to raising these babies. Because the babies are doing real good right now, you know. Um, and so... Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, so the, the other level of commitment, a real practical thing, is just joining in on a small group. If you haven't joined a small group, I encourage you to check into a small group. But uh, we have a handout in the, back in the cafe there that has a number of small groups listed. I think we've got nine of them in the neighborhood. Um, well, one of them is the extended neighborhood down in Parker there. But um, we, we encourage you to check them out. And we're also thinking about, we realize all our small groups currently are on Wednesday night, which limits about you know, six out of the seven other options. Could have. So, we're going to look into some other nights as well here, but we'd love to have you check those out. But I'm going to have a quick, uh, I'm going to do a quick personal pitch on that. If you welcome Kayla up here, real quick. Woo-hoo! Kayla. Woo-hoo! Okay. All right. There you go. If you haven't heard Kayla and some of her roommates before, Kayla is also a rapper. She, um, she has not gone public yet, but she has done a few productions here at the firehouse. She's not going to rap here this morning, I don't think. So uh, I, I just put her on the spot, asked her a few questions about um, baptism and small group and things like that. So um, Kayla, uh, when when did you get baptized? <laughs>
2: I got baptized um, in March of 2008 and that was just a few months after I got saved.
0: Okay, you got baptized and uh, we were over at the Asbury building at the time and uh, what? Uh, why, why did you get baptized? Why did you want to get baptized?
2: <clears throat> well, I heard that Jesus said that we were supposed to do that, but I was never given an opportunity when I first got saved. So in March I heard that people were getting baptized, and so I jumped on that bandwagon. <laughs>
0: good, good, good. And Kayla was one of two people when we did baptisms that Sunday, and we actually uh, that was the inaugural uh, use of our our holy cattle tank that we have out in the garage here. So Kayla, and then another person was baptized then, and a few years ago. But anyways, we'll be doing that same cattle tank, different location. We'll be right up here Sunday morning. So if you're interested, please talk to me. Talk. To one of the other pastors, your small group leader, we would love to, um, you know, just be a part of you going public about your faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, I remember Kayla doing that back in the days. So, um, and then, Kayla, when uh, when did you start going to small group? What was your why did you start going to small group?
2: Okay, um, <clears throat> so after I was baptized, I feel like that was like a pinnacle point in my in my walk with God because um, I. F- I reached out to some girls that were reaching out to me. I just like, didn't believe that they like wanted to hang out with me. I don't know. I don't know why. I didn't but they were the ones like told me about baptisms and so I asked to get baptized, you know. And it was I felt like I was like is that okay if I get baptized? Can I do that? Yes, of course. And then just like a few weeks later, I heard about small groups and I never wanted to go. I was always like kind of nervous because I was like by myself. I like went to the firehouse for the first time by myself and then I'd have to go to small groups by myself. I was like really shy and so it was hard but I just like, I don't know, I felt really led by by God and my salvation and my baptism and also going to small groups. I remember I called up this girl and I was like, it's okay, can I come to your small group tonight? And it's so funny because like now I'm on the other end. If someone were to call me up and ask me, I'd be like, oh my God, you know, and I wonder if she did that, like, and I just didn't know that. You know, I wonder if she did that, and I bet she did, because I would do that same thing. So that's, I just felt led to by God to go.
0: Okay. And then the last question I have for you is if there was someone out here today that was thinking about small groups, that's maybe on the fence, it's maybe a little scared or, or, you know, weary or leery or whatever the word is for that, um, what, uh, what, would you, what would you tell them this morning?
2: Yeah, uh, I would say go. There's no reason why you shouldn't. Um, God has, I don't know, I know some people's stories, but for my, my story, God leading me into a small group has changed my life. It's not just like a meeting that you go to in the middle of the week. Honestly, the Lord will use those people in your life to draw you to God, and He will use those people in your life to like refine you. And not only that, like for me, He's given me like these like beautiful relationships with these people and. Um, and it's just because of this weekly meeting. It's just way more than that, it really is. So go, okay? Like, don't waste another week. I'm not just saying that, Richard told me to say that. Like, just do it. Even if you're feeling, like, scared or intimidated, there's no reason to. Like, we want you to come. You can come to my small group. I mean, it's just like really, really awesome the way God uses these times together, so. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.
0: It's been, uh, it's been neat to be a part of, of Kayla's journey of following Christ, of seeing her get saved and baptized, jump into a small group. She moved in. Eventually, a big milestone was moving in with a house uh, full of girls, so we're also trying to follow Christ. And and now, Kayla's a part of a team that's uh, been praying about moving from here out to Stillwater, Oklahoma, to take the good news out there and to um, start a church out there. And so, it's just been neat to see her journey. But um, if you've got any questions about small group, please ask me, ask one of the other pastors. Ask a small group leader, um, call a phone number here. This week, I think we're happening to have a fun night activities. This small group night, so nothing too serious, no uh, animal sacrifices or anything this week. Um, we're, uh, we're just some small group. our small group's having a dinner or something like that. Each small group is probably doing something fun. But I encourage you to, to make a few phone calls or uh, you know see but check it out. We're hoping to add other nights for those of you that have classes or, or jobs that don't work with Wednesday night. But you might even let us know if there's a night that might work for you you if you're in that situation but anyways that's the small group pitch. There we go. You can knock that out of the park there by showing up next week. Um, the, the next one I just want to talk about here is uh, what, the question related to discipleship and growth and maturity, things like that, is what will be the character of my life? This, um, you know, I'll do a, another little infomercial for the uh, the assessment. We have a handout at the back of the room. It's just a spiritual health assessment. It, it assesses these five areas of our lives and, and you can kind of answer some questions, put some numbers down from scale of one to five and how you're doing. I guess you Get zero and there's an option two zero to five uh, to see how you're doing in these areas and there's there's they're in the back of your study guide if you've had a study guide through the series but if not I just copied it and it's in the back of the room there just kind of kind of assess yourself but for me when I, I did an assessment of it um, you know I just have to say um, in most of the categories I was just off the charts you know it was just like hard and I'm just joking guys just joking I'm not off the charts at all but. Um, Boy, that didn't go over as well as it did last night. Uh, they, they laughed. I'm joking. I'm not off the charts. Got a lot of room for growth. And especially one of the areas that, that I found was my lowest score was related to this discipleship and growing in Christ-like character. And so, um, you know, I feel like God's been just hammering some things home in my heart and in my life. Um, I've been not teaching the last five weeks, and so it's allowed me to, to be doing a lot of thinking and, and lifting my head up and looking ahead for our church and just looking in at my own heart and my own character and it's been very challenging you know um, I love this proverb that's uh, it's actually 24, uh, 27 I think 19 is the actual verse but it says as water reflects the face so a man's heart reflects the man you know it's that idea if you look into a stream or a lake or a pond you'll see your face reflected off of that um, but the same is true about your life when someone looks at your heart that's where they see who you really are we all have great appearances. We can put on airs. We can be pretentious. We all contend towards that naturally. But who you really are is what's going on in your heart. That's who you really are. That's who God sees. And that's where we need to be working, you know. And I feel like God has uh, caused me to, to look over my life and my heart here. And, you know, these few weeks just taking a break off, some ways I've looked at it as kind of like a, a halftime in my life. I'm 42 years old. And if I live to be 84, it's halftime. And uh, in the locker room, and my coach is kind of talking me through. And things and some of you might say, 42? Looks like it could be 41 at least, you know. Um but <laughs> when I'm shaved here. But uh, you know, I think it was uh what some of the verses that we've gone through in this series. We're also did, doing a study on biblical eldership and looking at uh the bar that got us set for serving as a as a biblical elder in a church and things. Um been reading a developing a uh, leader within sort of book as well and so all of these have just been hitting on some of these verses for me train yourself to be godly take pains with these things be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all and, and I just want to encourage you are you are you letting God work on your character uh, does he have you in some hard situations that are refining you and, and if so just I, I encourage you relax and, and let him let him grow you we can if we're looking about thinking about our comfort only or our convenience, we're going to miss some things that might lead to some character growth. And a couple of things, I do want to give a, uh, another announcement type of thing on this subject. One of the things that can help you grow in character, it's helped me grow and a number of people, is this Faith Walkers Conference coming up. There's going to be a lot of godly uh, um, men and women in seminars there and, and large group teachings and small teachings that, that are speaking on how to be a man or woman after God's heart, going after Him. The, the theme this year is, is Jesus. Jesus Christ, his, his life, and His mission. And um, if you've ever been to a Faith Walkers conference, you know they can bless and challenge you. And I want to call up uh, Alan here. Would you guys welcome Alan real quick? Yeah. Alan has uh, been a friend of mine for a while here. Um, he's also my brother-in-law, and, uh, and my kids call him Uncle Alan, so that's, uh, he's got a lot, of, a lot of neat titles here. But... Uh, <laughs> anyways uh, i asked alan to just tell us a little about faith walkers here and i may ask you a few questions but alan have you ever been to a faith walkers conference before yes all right good okay why don't you give him a round of applause please <laughs> um,
1: this is easy
0: <laughs> uh, you yeah, we're running out of time so that's what no, i'm just saying um, why don't you you know I've, i have known you've been to what a handful of how many you, can you remember uh,
1: 7 uh-huh. i'm not sure i've been I think I was there from the very first one yeah. Maybe I've missed one since then okay, very cool and almost all of them
0: I think about some of the things just in watching your life and how God's been teaching you and growing you I've seen a few milestones or breakthroughs at faith walkers um but I don't know if you want to share one of the most memorable ones, whatever comes to mind when you think about that what
1: what's I, the um I probably like five years ago, but Um, I was living in Fort Collins and uh, I think you started emailing me and talking to me and inviting me to church and I was extremely uncommitted at that time Um, and I feel like if you're uncommitted to something you're trying to find the entertainment value in it and whenever something better comes along you just jump on it because you know really that's what you're looking for It's it's all about you it's all about me and I think that God had a different plan for me. And he wanted me to be committed to a church and uh, see what I can give to it instead of seeing what I can take to, take from it. And um, It was right before Faith Walkers that Rich invited me to come to uh, the firehouse. And then I went to Faith Walkers as well. And God... It was just crazy how personally he spoke to me about, hey, if you want to grow, if you want to become more like me, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to become more like God, and I I saw Rich's life, and I wanted what he had. I saw other people that were committed. I I saw their life. I wanted what they had, but I could never quite seem to grasp a whole of it. And I think that God, through faith walkers, just showed me that, hey, if... If you want to become more like me, then you have to be committed. You have to um, see what you can give to it and give your life to me through the through the church. And it's just crazy how personally personal it all was, and was okay. just something clicked inside of me. I think. Yeah, so.
0: no. It's it was awesome to see some of that, one of the breakthroughs like that. Alan, for a while there was uh, commuting to the firehouse from Fort Collins, so he was uh, stepped up his commitments and, and he had a longer drive than probably anyone else here this morning has driven, but he did that regularly for a while until he felt like God led him to actually move to Denver. That was a neat milestone too. Um, what would you say to someone here who's thinking about faith walkers, who's never been, um, can, you know, what would you tell them uh, here this morning?
1: Just go. <laughs> Um, I didn't pay him to say that. Today, huh? <laughs> I got it from Kayla. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know. Another example is my brother, you know, Ryan, but I spoke with him so often about the importance of going to church and submitting to God. And there's just a lot of conversations we had. And he was always like, yeah, I know I should. You know, maybe, maybe I will. <laughs> and one time i invited him to faith walkers and again just something clicked inside of him and I, I don't know what god does i think there's just so much prayer that goes into faith walkers and just a, I think as a movement we just unite around one thing and I, you know a lot of people pray about it i think all the pastors really put a lot of time and prayer into their teachings and obviously, um, there's no distractions. You know, God wants to talk to us all the time, and, but there's a lot of distractions. And the faith walkers, there really isn't. You're there the whole. This is what you're there for. You're there to hear from god you're there to hear from the pastors in our movement so i think it just gives god just the amazing opportunity to just really speak personally and obviously a lot of prayer that goes into it as well but there's just something about that faith walker just two years ago my brother's heart just clicked and he started going to church he started just really seeking after god a lot and there's been many, many times I was struggling with something, you know, even as far as, uh, um, just, I don't know, God, you know, the Bible promises that God loves us He enters our prayers, but I wasn't seeing my prayers answered and just how that is reconciled. And God just, there's a lot of questions I've had along the way, a lot of things I've struggled with. And just through faith walkers, God just answers them in an amazing way and He'll do that for you too if you go. It's, it's an amazing time.
0: Sounds good. Thanks, Alan. Once you give Alan a, a round of applause here. Thank you, Alan. You know, just to encourage you to check out Faith Walkers. You can just Google it, Faith Walkers West. I think it's called uh, Faith Walkers West 2013. Um, and if you know, if getting there finances is an issue at all, let us know. We'd love to try to get you there. If that's something that would prevent you, um, really seeing God do some amazing things there. You can go as a single person, as a married couple, as a, a family. Um, and so we'd love you to check that out. Grand Junction's where it's at this year, so it's a little closer. You know, one thing just to close this point, um, just as I've been praying that God would help me grow in my my preaching and my teaching and my character and things like that, sometimes I go to faith walkers' conferences and I, I see some of the guys there that are speaking and and I come back going like man i wish uh, I wish Bill Young was my pastor. you know I want someone like that in, teach in and teaching me and I can uh, you know, I can get a, feel a little bit like that. And it, if I, if your pastor feels that way, it's okay for you to feel that same way when you go there. like, yeah, I wish uh, Josh Whitney, so, he's a real funny pastor or whatever. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, that I come back always thinking, and I read it a, a while back here, was this, you know, if... If you want, um, sometimes people go, oh, I wish I had this pastor was more charismatic, more passionate, more articulate, a, a better rapper, whatever it is, you know. Um, but the, this guy I was reading, he just said, if you want a better pastor, pray for the one you've got. You want a better pastor? Pray for the pastors that you have here already. We need your prayers for growth, for character, for for teaching in a way that God can communicate in spite of us or through us to help you out. Pray for me. Pray for each one of us. We could use your prayers. I'd be blessed by that. I always am. I sense it when people are praying for, for me to, to be able to teach God's Word. So anyways, uh, next one here. We've got to wrap these up quickly here. This next one is just... Um, what would be the contribution of my life? You know, God has given you this This uh, verse here. says, God has given you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to, to help each other. Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. You know, God has given you gifts that He wants you to use to bless others to build up his body are you using the things that God has given you your, your time your money your talents your passions to bless others or are you using those to bless yourself are you a consumer or are you a contributor are you um, I don't know are you uh, being critical or are you being sacrificial with your church family are you into getting or giving Jesus said It's more blessed to give than to receive. And so we have a lot of serving opportunities around here. Just a little pitch on that. Um, You know, I think about some of the things we've got. Some teams we've been working on here. We've got the greeting team. You know, you could talk to uh, John McIntosh. John, you want to raise your hand here if you want to join the greeting team and I'll talk to John. We're trying to work on a, an information or a connect team where we have people connecting with an information table. Megan's been helping us a little with that. Now, where's Megan at? Raise your hand if you want to, you know, be if you're interested in the connect team. We, we're working on doing a follow-up team. We get a number of visitors. Sometimes we have a hard time following up with someone who said, I, I want to know more about small groups or about having a relationship with God if, if you want to help with that we'd love to, to hear from you um, we need help on the setup and teardown teams where's Leo at Leo is helping run our our Sunday morning say yeah, don't look around Leo right there yeah uh, he, he's helping run our Sunday morning setup and teardown we've got Zach and Kenneth helping where's Zach Kenneth Zach Kenneth right here helping on Saturday night stuff you could sure talk to them you know as it relates to the worship team if, if you've got some interest or skills you know Jeremy you could talk to Jeremy Jeremy they see you there you go. Know. um you know, just we kind of have a track for how you can get involved in something like that. And where might be the best step there? We've got a multimedia team. We've got Nick. Where's Nick and company here? Nick at one... There you are, all right. Um, and so we've got a lot of ways to serve here. We're working on a design team. You know, Greg has been working with Jess Triggs. And uh, we're, if you've got design skills, we'd love to take some of the things that you might have and, and bring them to bear to bless others and to build this church. And there's, there's plenty of teams. We're looking at marketing teams. We're trying to get a campus thing going. And, and working with Dennis has been getting out on campus here. And, you know, as the weather changes, we, we need to reinforce our snow removal team. So you could be on that. Zach, Zach, has been that before um, one man snow removal. I think a few of you guys, but anyways, uh, drop you know, worst case, talk to one of us as pastor. Drop us an email if you send an email to firehouse at denverfirehouse.com, it goes to all the pastors at once. Firehouse at denverfirehouse.com It's very complicated, but drop us an email if you would like to, to help serve here. So, last thing we're going to look at here is. Um, what will be the communication of my life? What, what is it that God wants you to be communicating? What, what has He sent you and I on a mission to do? The Apostle Paul put it like this, Life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about God's mighty kindness and love. You know, this is something God's been working on my heart. I've shared this verse a few times here, but as I've reviewed uh, Luke 15 and Jesus talking about the importance of going after the lost sheep and searching for the lost coin and and the Father's heart for a lost son, God's been reminding me that um, I've been spending... This verse says, Does He not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until He finds it? And I don't know about you, but I've been spending a lot of time with the 99 in my life. You know, those that are, you know, it's referring to those that they, they don't need to repent. They are headed to heaven. They're in the open country. Life is, is good. But there's those that aren't. Life is not good. They have not turned to Christ, they have not gotten right with God on, the, on God's terms. And, and He expresses His heart through this parable. Um, that he wants somebody to be going after the lost one the lost sheep and it's easy to fill our time with the 99 and the people we talk to regularly at church or in our small groups or in our circles but I think God's been reminding me Rich I, I want you going after the 99 I know your my plate is full with the 99 that's my job as a pastor is to take care of 99 to however many 170 sheep and um, but I need to reprioritize that. And and I'd encourage you, would you pray about... Thinking more about the lost sheep and going after them, and if you need help, maybe you've got friends you want to share the gospel with. You don't feel equipped. I would love to come alongside you and help. All the pastors would love to come alongside you and help communicate the good news about Christ with someone. I've had a couple opportunities just in the last week or two to come alongside someone else and share the gospel with with someone that's on their small group or a friend of theirs, and so we would love to help you in that. But we've got to we've got to reprioritize that a bit, I think here, and so. Um, you know, and I think sometimes the, there's a proverb that is challenging to think about here. Let me just read this. It's kind of one of the last ones here. But um, there's a proverb in um, Proverbs 18.2 that says this, A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing their own opinions. you got, you got a message you've been called by your Savior to pass on. Who are you talking about? Are you talking about yourself? Are you waxing eloquently on, well, that's just my opinion. You asked for my opinion. We have a tendency to to let loose whatever on our heart, air our opinions on, on blogs and on all sorts of things. The question is, what... It's the communication God has called you to. Are you sharing about your Savior, about the good news that it could change your life like it changed Kayla's life, like it changed Alan's life, like it changed my life? Are you just waxing on about whatever opinion you have about whatever? Our society is all about that. That's how you advertise. You get a blog, you share your opinions. People like it, they advertise there. That's not what Jesus is about. He wants people who are not promoting themselves, but they're sharing Christ and what he's done in your life. And I know I need to grow in that, and, and I'd love to pray about that together with you, that we can all be sharing more about Christ instead of talking about ourselves and our silly opinions, you know? So. Um, Anyways, uh, we're, let's see what we got here. Um, We've got one last thing. You know, um, one of my favorite verses out of this whole series is one that's shared early on in the, in, in the book. Um, this is from the Living Bible, paraphrases it, but it puts it like this. Everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by His power. And everything is for His glory. You know, God gets glory when anything in creation carries out its God-given design. You know, when... Uh, when a hummingbird flaps its wings 60 times in one second, um, flies backwards and forwards and up and down, it glorifies God because that's what God made the hummingbird to do. When a woodpecker pecks away on a tree and sticks its tongue in to chase a bug down and his tongue is four times longer than other, other birds' tongues, it glorifies God because that's what He made the woodpecker to do. When you and I carry out our God-given purposes, we glorify God. And yet there's really two things in all of creation that aren't really doing their purposes well, uh, that aren't really living for God's glory, that have fallen from His glory, that is angels that have fallen, and human beings that are not living for God's glory. God wants each one of us to be living for His glory, to be, to be worshiping Him, to be fellowshipping, to be becoming like His Son, to be serving others, and to be on your God-given mission. And, you know, this, uh, I think it's a great phrase here that we'd like to be as a church, but a church is only made up of a a bunch of individuals here as well. But a a great commitment to the great commandments and the great commission. Well, I left out the great there. The great commission, a great commitment to the great commandments and the great commission will make for a great church or a great Christian. And that's the commitment we are making as a church. We want to love God with all we've got, and we want to love our neighbors as ourselves, those who know Christ and those who don't. And would you join us in making great commitments related to this cause? And, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. One, one uh, announcement here to close. This has been a morning of announcements and a lot of practicals. Um, if you've enjoyed this series at all, this What on Earth Am I Here For? If you've been blessed by it, um, or if you haven't, either way, we're going to be taking a special Thanksgiving offering over the next three weeks. This next week before Thanksgiving, the week after, and I think one more Sunday. It's just going to be a, a free will offering, a thank offering, in some way to help cover expenses for this campaign. Uh, some other items that we're, we're saying, you know, we're going to just ask if, if God has given you an opportunity to give, or, or you want to step out and faith, and give something that um, you know the Lord loves a cheerful giver, we read. And, and whoever sows generously reaps generously. We're just gonna have our, our box back there, and you can just write in a, in a memo if it's a check, just thanksgiving offering, or if you put cash, you might stick it in the envelope there. But we're just gonna take a collection. A few of the needs that we're hoping to meet, one is just things related to offsetting the cost of this campaign and the books and stuff like that. We're also trying to help um, some of you know we've hired Greg Miller recently around here as a church, and we we kind of uh, hired him based on our budget and looking at our savings, and over the course of a year, we knew our savings would go down, and um, we'd, we'd help cover his salary for a year. And, and um, But we also knew at the end of it all, is if nothing changed, that it would be tight. And so we thought, you know, we're praying if if someone would want to contribute to help and just provide related to, to Greg. The church's finances have been growing by God's grace here, but there's, there's a need that you know, things could go to that. Another thing is we're trying to get uh, Dennis Clark out on campus a little more, out sharing at the Auraria campus where there's only 55,000 students enrolled, you know, and um, he, he would like to be doing more in evangelism training and discipleship. Uh, we'd like to have some funds to help um, support him in getting out on campus some more. That's one of the uses as well. Um, we, some of you have been with Valley View Community Church that joined forces with us here. They They had bought some land a while back and there's still a little Uh, uh, to pay down on on the plot of land that's out there by DIA that's a uh, it's a great piece of land. Some of you know the DIA there. You know, it's a, it's a nice piece of property that has underneath it, down below, is like an alien hangar or something there. So it makes, uh, makes the land very valuable, I think. But uh, we're trying to pay that off. And, um, you know, lastly, we just have odds and ends expenses around here from sound equipment to office equipment to a lot of these ministry leaders. They have a list of things they would like if they could have it. We're just going to take a collection and we're going to pray about God where exactly, what, what do we have, and how do we divide up, you know, the, Whatever comes in. If it's 25 cents, we'll, we'll split it up five ways or something. And we're just going to see what God would do. But I encourage you to pray about that. And if God leads you to put something in the box as a, a thank offering, just just mark that and, and we'll see what God does here. But I've been blessed by going through this series together with you. I hope you've been blessed as well. I'm going to pray and we'll get on with our, our the rest of our day here. So let's just bow our heads and pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we do just thank you again for this morning. God, I thank you for this series that you've led us through, just using a a book like this to look at a lot of different verses, a lot of things that are on your heart for us. And, And God, I pray you'd help each one of us to hear from you and to take action on those things you want each one of us to do. God, I pray that you would help us to grow, to, to mature, to do um, more than just knowing. God, we need your help in that. We can't do it without your help. And I pray that we would be a church that, that makes a great, comi- a great commitment to, um, to the great commandment and to the great commission. God, we ask that you would help us to bring great glory to you through it all. And we pray this together this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you guys for coming this morning. And uh, we'll catch you next weekend. And and don't forget to pray for the Broncos. All right, thanks.